So are you guys familiar with the Ancient Aliens TV show on the History Channel? Do you know this? <laughs> a little. So All right. So the whole premise it. of this show is like they have so-called experts that come on and they deliver their expertise, but they're, they are deemed experts because the show tells you that they're an expert, right? <laughs> There's, yeah. It's all questionable credentials if they have any, and they don't go much further than that because this guy just said this about these aliens. It must be true. All right. Like five minutes before we got here, I was making jokes because the Cobra Kai producers are going to make an ancient aliens movie based on the ancient aliens TV show. And I said, Oh, oh great. So a bunch of fake scientists are going to run around kicking aliens in the face. This guy's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, dude, God. dude, his one picture on Instagram. I was like, who's this guy telling me to shut the F up on Instagram at 10 o'clock at night. Let me go find out. So I went, he's got a picture and he looks like, you know, I don't know, like he's second in command at QAnon or something. <laughs> he's got a he's got a mustache. He should save. It's not very good. It looks like he looks like a serial killer. Like I got the next shooter right here. The school next school shooter. I got him. Oh, he's, his name is Jason, who plays bass <laughs> like, well, and likes to talk it, shit on 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 Instagram. Well, is That's it not how aliens? I was going to start the show, but I felt like I should because that was just too good to to leave out. I had to riff on it. Wasn't it? Didn't it give birth to like one of the best memes where it's like this guy that's supposed to be an expert on there, but he's got like just totally looks like a big stoner, like Stephanopoulos uh, with the giant hair. His hair goes in like all the directions. Yeah. Yeah. One of them does actually have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, George. Well, I was just going to say it kind of makes me throw back to Itanya and the security guard. How he was like saying he was like, you know, a world renowned, you know, high level expert yeah. in security and all these the things. And he was, yeah. yeah, he just he, like he looked, okay. this guy <laughs> talking trash to me on Instagram looks just like that guy. Like he's got the stash and everything, right? But not the attitude. Um, but anyway, sometimes my jokes hit really hard and sometimes they come off as like cringeworthy, but I'm leaning into it because. One of my mentors are like, well, not mentor because he didn't mentor me, but like one of my idols in comedy is, uh, um, gosh, they made Man on the oh, Man on the Moon. Who's that movie about, David? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. So Andy Kaufman would rather have you strangle him to death than tell you that it's a joke and there's a punchline coming. Like he would never. It's obviously a joke, but his whole thing was like he didn't want to break character like ever, right? And so like he has that um, Tony Clifton, who's like a fake lounge singer character who got booted off his sitcom taxi because he was Mm. like he wouldn't give up the impersonation right and then jim carrey played him in a movie like the andy kaufman story in man over the moon there's a documentary about how jim carrey went so far to follow that philosophy that like he was actually making people on the movie like really angry and it's called like uh Jim what and Andy, called? the oh yeah, um, Jim and Andy, yeah, it's on. That's a great Netflix. documentary. Yeah. That's actually really, really worth your time. Move but. that somewhere on your list, Jordan. <laughs> like, you gotta that, watch Man on the Moon first. <laughs> I mentioned a couple of political things at the top of this, but this guy, I just like, I don't know if he's a giant ancient aliens TV fan or a Cobra Kai fan because my intention wasn't to necessarily make fun of the shows. I just thought it's a ridiculous premise for a movie, and and. Because where do you go with that? It's not very scientific, the actual show. But I I felt like I offended Jesus. Like, this guy was like, you just like, God's guns and country and ancient aliens. Like, you just, you, I just crossed like a barrier. You're not supposed to cross America, I guess. I don't know what happened. The only, the only way I could see that working is if it's from the angle of in the movie, everybody believes it's BS, 
but then something happens that like proves the ancient alien guys real or uh it's all right like their theories are correct (laughs) i could see that working but like i see it as like an action i see it like this it'd be like a globe trotting like national treasure movie you know like it'd be like an action adventure but i want them to karate chop aliens because the cobra kai guys are producing karate kid tv shows so all they really know is martial arts tv so just combine that with like alien stuff like independence day fine whatever But how seriously are you supposed to take jokes on Instagram? Like, gosh, like the worst thing I think is like everybody's sense of humor is like eroded away and it's so thin. I don't I don't know. I don't know how Jordan, did I do did I really do something that bad? I mean, what do you think? You're not wrong. No, but you gotta just (laughs) live your life. Not wrong about like Instagram. People are so sensitive on there. But yeah, no, it does sound sound pretty ridiculous. So yeah, it's pretty silly. That's not how I was going to start the episode. I was going to start this thing where, like, we used to do this thing called first impressions, which before, like, the first commercial break, I would, like, ask the team to go, like, hey, when you heard we're going to review this movie, like, what it make you think about? Or if you happen to watch the teaser trailer before you watch the movie, like, what's the first thing that popped into your head? And then we'd go to the commercial, come back, and review the movie. Um, so do you want to play the first impression game? Yeah, but I didn't, like, read the synopsis of the movie before watching it, but I definitely had some strong first impressions that changed, like, throughout the movie, so that was pretty cool. Okay, Okay, so without giving away, like, your favorite bits or your ratings, give us, like, a one or two sentence first impression of The 13th Warrior. Uh... Yeah, I was, I don't know, it was, like, a slow burn for me. I was... Mm -hmm didn't know like if I was gonna enjoy it and I'm not gonna say whether I did or did not but there was a pivotal moment in the movie where things changed for me so I didn't give any detail about the actual movie so your first impression so the first impression part of your statement would be uh this looks like a slow burn yes or I was like binge (laughs) (laughs) I won't say what I was about to say no you gotta wait till later (laughs) Dave, so, hit her with the first impression. Um, all right, here's something I've been waiting over 20 years to watch. <laughs> this, is, this is one that wow. felt like it's been on my list forever, but I never got to it till this week. Okay, I think I got a good one. Uh, what happened to the first 12 warriors? It's called the 13th Warrior. So what happened mm. to the first 12? And then well, I'd watch the movie it. to find out. Okay. I, I won't go. Into we'll get more that. into that because I, I have quite a bit of thoughts on this movie. Right, well, talk about it. Man, that isn't a bad thing. You know, I'm <laughs> I didn't come I out. Open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the binge watches podcast. See, the perfect time to play the theme song is when you think that Dave is going to get you into a debate about tonight's movie. Just click music, and then you can't hear what he's saying. 
I was gonna uh, say I love it when Dave has a lot of thoughts. So I'm well. I mean, well, I, I feel like John. Like, I got notes. Dave brings these things called dangerous details about tonight's movie, and like I got, I texted him already. Hey, make sure you leave time for us to comment on each one of your facts. Then I teased them like a serial killer. I sent them these little videos, like, "Hey, I'm making notes, David." <laughs> I see that. I, I'm just imagining John like uh, just getting prepared, like greasing himself up for battle. Like, all right, let's bring. Like, well, hold on, <laughs> what are we battling? We'll find out. I was already I was already called twice. Something called a Discord mod, which apparently is a horrible thing to be because they think you're like a basement dweller at your mom's house, and all you do is. Uh, moderate discord rooms you know so you're like you're you, you you definitely come to play i guess you're in your mid to late 30s and you're a discord mod so i'm ready david i got my notes uh, i'll kick you i'll kick discord you out of the mod. chat I just anytime learned what a discord mod is what you're like i just learned what a discord mod is <laughs> i don't even know what the point of discord is but i guess a lot of gamers are on there with their little communities and then i guess <laughs> if they get out of line somebody goes boom and they get kicked out uh, all right. And apparently, mm-hmm. someone said, "This is all about like the Thirteenth Warrior. This has everything to do with the movie that we're talking about." Um. Oh, you know what? I didn't even go to home video headlines. That's how excited I am to debate David's facts about this movie. Um, the Predator prequel, Prey, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, is going to have its premiere set for San Diego Comic Con, which is on July twenty first. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we get a bunch of leaks at the end of July about this movie. Although, you guys want to know? At this point, like, what what are leaks going to do? I mean, uh, other than wow, we get to watch it in ten days. Like, leaks are only as good as how far out the movie is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, apparently, like something came out last year that they scrambled to pull down from being online, like a critical detail about this particular predator, which is. Um, a first, like another first in the franchise, right? Because there's a female hero, et cetera, et cetera, fill in the blank, you know, about the Predator. Right. Um, and it might have something to do with Roe versus Wade, even. The timing oh, couldn't it. be better. From a Predator <laughs> movie that takes place in the 1600s? 18 something. Not what 16, I, that's too far back. I mean, it doesn't take place a century. Like, all right, let's... <laughs> we'll see okay also uh from the san diego comic-con they're gonna show some of the first footage from the dungeon and dragon movie uh to remind our audience well i think we had already said that chris pine had quoted like oh it's like game of thrones mixed with princess bride i think it's called honor among thieves is the working title maybe that'll be the real Mm -hmm. title who knows so i imagine there'll be a ton of leaks about that because historically the only dungeon and dragon movies that they've made like, the first one had good actors, but it was a horrible movie. Like, it had, uh... Um, oh, Bella Thorne? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, Bella Thorne. Marlon and... Wayans. What? Marlon, Marlon Wayans, Wayans and Christopher Lloyd. I'll take your word on that one. I've, I he think I've the seen dwarf, it once, the dwarf it character. the worst CGI I've ever seen. At least some of uh, the worst. <clears> yeah, well, alright. Well, the warlord had a curse put on him, and so his eyeballs, extra eyeballs, popped out of his head. So the Jeremy Irons could see what he was up to. Yeah. That was one interesting detail. There were dragons. I mean, no, you know what? The pizza rule doesn't apply to fantasy movies. Like fantasy movies are either really good or really bad. It doesn't like. <laughs> That's, it was a really bad one then. 
Yeah, well, our podcast has established that if you watch a werewolf movie, it's good even if it's bad, just like a slice of pizza. The pizza's good no matter what because it's pizza. Right. Um, same same applies to sex. Does not apply to fantasy movies. Like, it doesn't <laughs> apply to fantasy movies at all. Um, oh, they decided that they're going to have a Blues Brothers festival. Jordan? Uh, have you seen Blues Brothers? got me lost there, guys. Okay. Sorry. So, 1980 Blues Brothers is about the Blues Brothers band. Um, Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Belushi, they did like a sketch on Saturday Night Live. You've probably seen some of the videos like or clips of like them doing Blues Brothers harmonica playing jazzy okay. blues stuff. You're like, you're like okay. <laughs> well, I'm like, I probably probably have seen the skits, but I'm like, it's not yeah. really at all. So. Well, the movie's really good because it actually, the movie, the original Blues Brothers movie, it feels like a music documentary because it has like a bunch of legendary like blues and jazz artists like in the movie Which doing some cool. of their best music, like Aretha Franklin and stuff. Yeah, and, I was gonna uh, say like if you need to be sold on the movie, go look up Aretha Franklin. Um, think from Blues Brothers, and it, if you don't want to watch it after that, I don't know what to tell you. It's such a fun movie. No, it sounds it sounds pretty cool. Like that they incorporated like you know the 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 real deal. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's like it's like basically like a film to me. It's like history. Like in a, it really is in a movie. Because, like, they literally have, like, old blues or uh, jazz and, like, Cab mm-hmm. Calloway's in it. And, like, that's probably, one, like, one of the last things he's ever done, you know? Yeah, Cab Calloway made this famous song called Minnie the Moocher. And he recorded it, like, in the 30s, 30s. originally? Yeah. yeah. He's, like, an old school blues guy. Um, anyway, so the Joliet Prison, which was a prison that was open in Illinois, it's now closed. They're going to have a festival there this summer at, at, sometime in August. And so Dan Aykroyd, who's still alive, is going to return as his character. But then Jim Belushi, who's the only living Belushi as far as I know, is going to join him on stage as his character Z, who was cut from the second movie because contract with CBS TV, they wouldn't let him go do the movie. So his character is not right? in. Yeah, so because when they do the – because it's a musical show, right? So they do the Blues Brothers on stage, right? Because they still have the Blues Brothers band. Some of the band members have died, unfortunately, just like John Belushi, but – well, not the same way, not for the same reasons, but I mean, they just have, have passed away. Well, there a lot of them are, you know, we're pretty old by the older know? retired, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but it's kind of cool. I mean, they're going to have this whole festival thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I it's like if you fantasize about certain things, like, hey, let's just throw caution to the wind and uh, just go anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, jump in a car and go go on down to this festival. Not pay bills. Let's not worry about working. Let's just go. That was yeah. my first thought. Was like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the Blues Brothers festivals. I don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> like, I'm gonna put on a <laughs> put on a, a hat, bring my harmonica, and I'm just gonna go down there. What is what is that famous line? Like, we got a tank of gas, a half a pack of oh. cigarettes. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Part of the movie, Jordan. They're like, they have to. Well, they keep saying they're on a mission from God, right? Like, it's a running joke because they were raised in a Catholic orphanage. Okay. And so they're like, at one point, they're like, we got half a pack of cigarettes, half a tank of gas. We're wearing sunglasses at night. We got 200 miles to Chicago. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's roll. <laughs> yeah, let's roll. It's pretty good. Um, tonight, we're not talking about Blues Brothers, although we just talked about it for several minutes. And <laughs> I, I'm going to apologize to Jordan because the other week I was talking about Mad Max and I did it in such an excited way. Someone might think that I was mansplaining to you about Mad Max, and I was like, "Oh, oh. God, no!" <laughs> so like, and tonight I'm like mansplaining Blues Brothers. I'm like, "Oh, by the way, let me just uh, tell you about <laughs> Blues Brothers. Let me give you an education 
You know? For the new listeners on this podcast, I am the novice movie watcher out of the trio. So I need as much help as I can get. So I appreciate it. I I don't know. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it only mansplaining if you're sp- explaining something that's completely obvious? I think you checked well, they already know. Have you seen the Blues Brothers? Okay, you got the clearance. <laughs> right. The reason it rains is the clouds fill with moisture and the rain comes down. Yes, that's, that's more a better example of a mansplain. Fifth grade science. Um, <laughs> tonight's movie is not the adventure of clouds. It's that would be. I don't. Even, is there even a movie named Clouds? There must be. There. I, I mean, uh, there might be. There might be like a Disney nature documentary. Yeah. Clouds. Uh, tonight's movie is the Thirteenth Warrior, a Muslim ambassador exiled from his homeland. If I screw up his name, don't cut my head off. I have a lot of respect for this guy. I'm going to try to say his name. Uh, Ahmed Ibn Fahalad. I think is how you say it. But he's played by Antonio Banderas. Anyway, he finds himself in the company of Vikings. While observing their behavior, it initially offends Eben, but then he begins to understand their tough exteriors and their attitudes and the life of the lifestyles of these warriors during their travels. Eben and the Vikings find out that there's some kind of evil up north, and they got to go up there and protect this village. And they thought that these Wendell only existed in mythology, and then they encountered them for real. I just want to say, the Arab was a real dude in the 10th century. He was hanging out with Russ, who established, like, Russian Vikings, and he, he actually built a whole city somewhere in Russia. And that's what, I think that's where the, why, why we call Russians Russians, even though I don't think Russians call themselves Russians. I, don't, I think they have a different name, but... Hmm. like Roskovic or something like this guy, Russ was like a pretty famous Viking and he established like a whole city somewhere in Siberia back in the day. Anyway, I just thought it was cool that Evan was real, wrote things down and hung out with some Vikings in the 10th century. And then the other part of the movie is based on the Beowulf myth. I mean, like even one of the characters is, um, how do they say it? Uh, it's, I mean, his name is Beowulf, but they call him like Bullvi. It sounds like they're saying Bullvi. Uh, Bull and Bell. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, I, and this isn't a criticism of anything, but I mean, yeah, the, the Beowulf similarities are pretty obvious if you've ever taken a high school English class. Yeah, but there's uh, but they say that the Beowulf myth was written for uh, um, a surf lord, like a like a Goatland or whatever, one of these Viking kingdoms that doesn't exist anymore, just like a, a sub-chieftain. Like, there's some, basically, like, there's some truth, and then it's like, then they blow it way out of proportion, you know what I'm saying? Like Sidman yeah. and the dragon, like, oh, this dude really didn't go in a cave and fight a dragon, but, you know, he may have been a prince or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, you could commission the song, you know? What's the songwriter going to do? Yeah, he fought a dragon. I got to get paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. Like, the songwriter, right? They're like, dude, uh, write a song about about the prince. Like, yeah, the, the songwriter's probably like, well, I don't have any boots. I need to eat today. Yeah, he fought a fucking dragon in a magical cave. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a great song, Theodore. Cool. Then pay me. Now I'm eating turkey legs like David, who actually who wants some trivia on our man, our man who's so dangerous he goes to medieval times. <laughs> you can't see this, but he's drinking out of a drinking horn in honor of the 13th yeah. floor. I actually finished. I drank, like, what is it, 20 minutes and I already drank two beers. Although, see, that is dangerous. So many people are probably like, what, that's it? <laughs> I'm drinking out of a skull that's shaped like a Viking helmet kind of thing. 
I don't know. It looks like Jordan's Logan. such a badass. She actually has tattoos, so she's cooler than both of us. So, oh um, goodness, she doesn't have to drink a horn. She's not visible. It's just part of her lifestyle. She's she'll just beat all your asses. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Although Some I shouldn't, version... I shouldn't try to flex because my one tattoo is literally one half of a cherry pie. So, <laughs> there's a story what? there. Interesting. Yeah, you didn't I have no that? idea that's outside. You the didn't podcast. know that I have a tattoo of a cherry pie. Silence. Yeah, you know it's bad when he doesn't respond. What you don't know is that Dave spent some time in prison, and the other half of the tattoo isn't isn't on his current wife; it's on his prison wife, whose name was also Theodore. It's like best friends. When you put them mm-hmm. together, it makes a whole. Actually, vibe. you kind of hit the nail on the head. <laughs> believe it or not. What? She just someone said, like, has the other half. half of the cherry pie. Well, yeah, along with a friend yeah, who someone, has the other half. Yeah, somebody clearly has the other half. But I was making a. Prison love romance happen over here. Checks out. He's you gonna tell the real story, Dave? Or you're gonna let it go. Well, me, me, and my best friend since middle school. He has the other half. He can. He's been trying to get me to get a tattoo for years. I finally gave in, and we got mm. this big cherry pie. He has one half. I have the other half. When we put our calves together, it fully forms. But and it still says BFF. But instead of best friends forever, when you put it together, it says big fat fucks because we've always been plus size <laughs> dudes. <laughs> We just earned our E explicit rating for this episode. Well, you, you said an F word earlier, so I figured, well, I guess it's off the table. I don't believe you. Play back the tape. <laughs> Play back the tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do believe that the Viking prayer was real. Some part of it is supposedly toted to be real. The real Eben wrote down some part of it. Um, Dave probably should have included this in his trivia sheet, but he didn't. So I just thought I would. I went more of production facts to the production versus the. Uh... The history or not history, I don't know, depending mm. on how you look at it. There's mm. a lot there's a lot of like pieces to this movie that's kind of a gumbo. Like part of it's Beowulf, part of it's real history, part of it is Michael Crichton Jurassic Parkness. I don't know. Mm. Um <laughs> all right. If I can so read I would, it through the tone of your facts, I think I know which way you're leaning about this movie, David. But uh, I mean you might be surprised. I mean it's it's uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, so the movie was originally supposed to be called Eaters of the Dead, which is actually the name of the novel it was based on. Um, the title was actually changed when Michael Crichton had a conversation with his neighbor who said that the title was too scary. <laughs> you know what I thought about this? First of all, don't get advice from your neighbor unless it's about like you need to cut your trees or like right. your pool party was too loud. I mean – Unless it's like Spielberg, like Spielberg's your neighbor, right? Then maybe he knows something, a thing or two about movies. But just your average neighbor, like, why are you taking title advice from your neighbor? That's that's what. I'm right. Thinking. Well, I don't know if I inc- I didn't really include this in the facts, but there was actually a trailer that went out. I actually saw this in the theater for Eaters of the Dead. It was actually mm-hmm. they even had a trailer that came out a year before, but yeah, and they ended up changing the name before it came oh. out. So I didn't know for years that this was the same movie as Eaters of the Dead. I was waiting. So for that which one would out. you have seen first? Which one would have sent you to the movie theater to see? Which title? E- Eaters of the Dead, because I mean, not a knock on the movie, but like the Thirteenth Warrior sounds like such a just a generic title compared to Eaters mm. of the Dead. But you know, that's Hollywood. I mean, I kind of like Thirteenth Warrior because Unlucky Thirteen. It's a curse. I mean, I will. I mean, maybe we'll get into it later, but I mean, yeah. I don't totally hate 13th Warrior, but Eaters of the Dead, if somebody said, hey, do you want to go see Eaters of the, Eaters of the Dead or the 13th Warrior? I'm I'm saying Eaters of the Dead. I would That's agree. That's all I'm saying. Right. 
Um, but it so sounds the, like we're going to really face monsters at that point, or right. demons, or zombies, or something, which maybe they should have. Um, okay. So the original <laughs> cut of the movie from John McTiernan was 127 minutes long, but did poor in test screenings. Um, so the author, uh, Michael Crichton, who had actually directed some movies himself, uh, did a bunch of reshoots on the movie, uncredited, and uh, cut the movie down to 102 minutes. So there is a version out there. I mean, if people want to start like the Snyder Cut thing, you could start like, hey, release the McTiernan cut no, of 13th no. Warrior. Because you know what? They're telling, they're saying release the, th- the, the four-hour cut of Thor, Thor 4 um, and the director Taika Waititi I think is how you say his name Yeah, was just like referencing that he doesn't even like director's cuts that he prefers tighter cuts which I can respect because I mean for many years I told Dave maybe is there any scientific proof in this I don't know we'd have to measure the audience interest in movies versus longer movies or shorter movies but I've always felt like a 90-minute movie is like the perfect length for a movie. You get in, I get mean, out before anybody gets tired of it. I mean, you're not wrong. I kind of tend to agree with you. But, like, you know, there's a world of difference between 127 minutes and four hours. I mean, uh, an entire act, and se- like an entire two hours and seven minutes is not off. like uh, the Snyder Cut where it's four hours. I mean, literally double the length. So I don't think... Um, I don't know. It depends. I've seen quite a few director's cuts that are better. And then I've seen some director's cuts that our uh, studio cuts where it's like, okay, you made the right choice. So I, I don't know. It's a case by case basis. I think, um, I don't know. I I'd at least like to see the longer cut, see if it was any better. I mean, this, the movie we got isn't bad, but like, I'd be interested to see what was cut out. Um, speaking of the original cut of the movie was scored by composer Graham Ravel with over an hour of score created, but uh, Crichton, when he took over directing duties, replaced everything with a score by Jerry Goldsmith. So, which is funny because a couple weeks ago we we're talking about Legend, right? So right. Goldsmith's score gets replaced by Tangerine Dream. Now he's replacing this Graham's dude score on this movie. Kind of a trade-off. Just oh, an interesting, kind of interesting tidbit. Yeah, that is that is pretty funny. Um, all right. So the movie is actually known as one of the biggest flops in Hollywood history. Um, reshoots and marketing cost the production over $160 million and it w- earned $61 million worldwide. However... Time kind of was kind to it, and over time it has gained a cult following. David really loves to point out when a movie does poorly at the box office. To the point well, that always, I was... It's always an interesting thing, though. I mean... Listen, I mean, so this this loss that you're reporting about, David, Disney put this in a financial report with two other movies, right? Including another movie that I like. one of them is. <laughs> Go for the it. The other movies in this report were Mumford and a movie called Mystery Alaska. Mystery Alaska is a great hockey movie. Oh, never and it's mind. a good indie drama. So Mumford, I don't remember what that is. Um, it was like a guy comes into a small town and changes everything up kind okay. of movies. But, I mean, Steamboat Willie, is he just a mouse driving a steamboat? Or does he really cook the books over there at Disney? Because the fact that this movie's financial problems are rolled up with two other movies in the same report, I don't know, something fishy's going on. Well, no, but I won't I disagree with believe you. it was I, this movie that caused so much to, well, no, disaster. No, I won't there. disagree with you and there. Ledger. But you still can't deny that it lost like over a hundred million dollars. No, I mean, and it the might have been a profitable movie million, if it didn't have spread, all those reshoots. It says eighty-two million, and it's spread between three movies. So, which one lost the most? Well, the, well, we don't know. You know why? Because Mickey Mouse blew up his nose in you. his cocaine budget. We have no idea. Here's a idea. Which one of these movies really did that bad? 
Well, what's funny is like I don't know which movie they were trying to bury because the funny thing is hmm. is I didn't put this in the facts, but this what came out the same weekend as the Sixth Sense, and I think that the studio and which was put out by Hollywood Pictures, which is a like a sub side uh, company of Touchstone Pictures, which puts this out, which is all owned by Disney. So, like, did Disney just think that these two movies were going to do bad and then just Sixth Sense happened to, like, actually do okay? Or not okay, but great. Like on accident? Yeah. Because they were put out in August, which historically August is, like, the movie dumping grounds, as they call it. I thought January was a dumping ground. I thought Well, there's two dumping grounds. There's August, which is the end of summer, although that's kind of skewed a little. Like, movies have done good in August in the last 10 years. Uh, but yeah, it was usually like August, September, and January were like, oh, these are awful movies. Just put them in August or September or January. Hmm. So, is this uh, John? When you the the type of question that you wonder, like you start judging uh, Dave's rating, Dave's the opinion time. of the movie. When yeah, he puts, when he puts this a type negative of this fact, a negative it. tone in his five facts for the movie of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have to go off of what I have. I mean, the, the fact that you pulled up that the guy was... Well, no, think about this for a minute. Yeah, but you have in the past champion movies that you liked within your five fact sheet, and you have dogged other movies that you don't like. Well, no, a lot of times it comes down to, do I have source material? Like, if I have a DVD or Blu-ray where I can watch, like, extras and mm-hmm. commentaries, I might be able to pull something deeper because I have access there are some mm. movies where it's like, oh, I like, but like, there's nothing really available to talk about. No interviews, nothing. So it also kind of depends on what I have access to. What does he like to do? Report. Report. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So the last, I was going to say, fact I'm going to give you, which uh, is also going to lead to John thinking I don't like this movie, <laughs> is actor Omar Sharif temporarily quit acting due to this movie. Um, he is quoted as saying, after my small role in, thir- in the 13th Warrior, I said to myself, let's stop this nonsense. These mail tickets we do just because it pays well. I thought, unless I find a stupendous film that I love and that makes me want to leave the home, I will stop. So oh he quit God. acting for like four years because of this movie. Actually, I there's a much longer more. quote. I cut it down. There's like two or three more sentences where he just goes so, on and on about how he thought the movie was awful. So Omar Sharif is... Egypt's number one actor in like the 1950s. He's Lawrence of Arabia, the harem master in a movie called Harem. He's a sidekick or something like that in Green Ice, which is a forgettable movie with uh, Ryan O'Neill. He's the original Dr. Chivago. Got to give him some credit for that, I guess. And as you said, he pops up in Lawrence of Arabia. However, um, having what minor background in acting that I have in theater and going to film school with David and whatever, like, I mean, I call bullshit on an actor that is gets paid to be in a movie, does the movie, the movie gets released. It's okay to have like outgrown a movie. It's it's like like looking at your Facebook posts from four years ago, you're like, what an idiot or whatever. Like, I can't believe I said that. But at that time it meant everything to me. Or like if you ever had to like do like a self-tape audition where you send this tape off, you don't know where it's going, and you're like, Oh, I hope that video doesn't show up on the internet. And then if it does, it's like, well, clearly that version of you thought that was important or whatever. It's like, I just got to call bullshit on, on the fact that he's saying like now he's dogging it after the fact. But see, here's the thing. The only thing I will say in his defense is I got to wonder what the working conditions were like, because the same thing could be said about a movie you just mentioned earlier, Mad Max Fury road. 
all the actors, Charlize Theron and even Thomas Tom Hardy said that that was one of the worst shoots they've ever done. They didn't understand what was going on. They thought the movie was going to be a complete train wreck. It was only until they got to see the finished film that they're like, oh, I get it now. So sometimes the working conditions or the actual experience making movie doesn't always reflect the final product. Yeah, but they at least had that opinion from the beginning and they were not, they didn't hide that opinion in the junket. They literally said from the beginning, like, we didn't get along. We don't like each other. And we, we don't know what the movie's going to be. And then, like, the movie could win over their respect. That's kind of a different thing. It's like, um, gosh, I don't know. It's like, uh, well, it's like a sports fan. It's like you're rooting for your favorite team, and because they lose the championship, then you do- then like you literally light your city on fire. <laughs> you know, like you knock cars over. Like, uh, I, I guess all I'm saying is were those comments, because I, I found those comments, and I couldn't find out when they were actually posted. I'm just curious mm. as to... Whether that was him saying things before he saw the movie or after, I mean, he saw for the movie. me, it or did he watch the movie at all? Because, like, I imagine he's on the movie for like two or three days. He's only in the scenes where they're gathering the team, and he's like translating. <laughs> Evan can't at first speak. Uh, I, forgive me, I don't know if they're speaking like it's Swedish, Norse. Danish, yeah. like whatever Norse language, whatever they're speaking, right? And then, and then, like, so, but because the Vikings can also speak Latin. You know, the Omar Sharif character, who's like the advisor, it's Eben's like advisor or whatever, is like telling him, oh, they said this, they said that. And like, oh, they say like 13 men must go on this quest. Oh, no, the 13th man must not be a North man. And then everybody turns their It's a big moment. It's like the first big moment in the movie. They turn their heads and they're looking right at Eben. And he's like, oh, shit, they want to draft you into their quest. And it's not successful without you. So like, it's a it's a good cameo. It's like, dude, you got good screen time. You got to say good lines. He had to be part of the plot. I don't know. So I wish I didn't know that he made these comments because now it's going to make me uh, reflect on that when when I see that moment again, if I ever, you know, watch 13th Warrior again. Don't let that take – I mean, there's plenty of – I mean, I – we've all seen movies that either we only like or other people don't like. I mean, that doesn't take away from your enjoyment of something. like just. Oh, it does, David. Uh, Jordan, his David's official title is also Bubble Burster. <laughs> I don't know. I love I love bubble. a good hater. So this almost okay. made me like it more. So I'm like, okay, well, mm. are we at the bits now? We are at favorite bits because I almost slipped into it on accident trying to uh, <coughs> knock down Omar Sharif a peg or two from the grave. Okay, my favorite bit was the whole like cave scene. They go to the mm. You know, they're trying to, to find the, the, this tribe of bear people. I don't know what really to call them. but Vendels. Um, there we go. W-E-N-D-O-L is what Vendels. they call them. And uh, just, like, loved the scene change. And it, it being, like, almost a, I don't, like a catacomb with the skulls hmm. everywhere. I just, like, from there and then them surfacing up to the water. Like, that was when I had my pivotal moment in the movie where I was like, this is freaking cool. Can't <laughs> finish this movie yeah it turns into like a suicide mission there at the end like we got to go into the scary cave where the cannibals live find the queen of the cannibals kill the queen of the cannibals somehow get out the other side let's go (laughs) you know what i mean like right and at that point in the movie uh spoiler alert they only have like half the vikings that started the quest with there's not 13 anymore there's like seven six or seven left at that point yeah well, when they go into the water, I was like holding my breath. Like I could <laughs> tell my like heart rate started to like increase a little bit. I was like a little stressed for them because I feel like drowning would be the worst way to go. But mm. yeah, um, 
that would be my favorite bit. What about you, Dave? Um, I actually had a few favorite bits. Um, the, fir- the first really big action scene where there's heads getting cut off and stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, burst of energy. Um, the uh, There's a great scene, and it's a great character moment. Um, forgive me, I can't remember the character's name, but um, one one of the warriors is uh, basically just trying to, pr- like, just screwing with this young guy, just keeps throwing mud at him. Just while they're all digging, just keeps tossing mud at him. And the guy's like, hey, you know, like, be careful where you dump your mud. Okay. Just keeps doing it. Turns into a big battle. It's young guy versus old guy. And the young guy is just just about sweeping the floor with the the older Viking. And you think, like, oh, he's going to actually kill him. Uh, To only prove the point that the older Viking actually ends up killing the young kid because after three rounds, like he actually takes out three shields, like, and, and all credit to the young, to the young guy, he's fighting honorably. Like he's like, he's taking a step back when he's like, okay, okay. He's, I busted his shield. Let's give him a moment. Like the, the young guy's fighting honorably. And then all of a sudden, like once the, the young guy, he's basically just winning the guy. He's, he's basically making, getting him so tired that he can just foop, cut off his head. <laughs> and then the point being that he wants his enemies to know that there's always going to be an element of surprise. You don't know what's coming. Um, that was probably the best moment in the whole movie. I mean, the, the, the movie is actually pretty well done, but I, I think that that whole battle of the old guy, old Viking years versus the young guy, just to prove himself and also to prove to his enemies, like, Hey, don't second guess me was just a great moment in this whole movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's something John was going to choose. Um, the only other thing I'll say, it is not a specific moment, but I did not look up my facts until after the movie. I tried to go in as fresh as possible. I didn't know going in that this was a version of Beowulf. But once I realized that, I will say it was kind of interesting watching the rest of the movie, knowing like, oh, this is the perspective of the 13th warrior. Like the, the guy that isn't really the hero of this movie. I mean, it kind of is because we're making him the hero, but he's really like the 13th guy down the line from uh, Beowulf or, you know, Beowulf, the real hero of the story we've been told for years and years. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, that's one of the best parts is the perspective. It's the outsider's perspective of their culture and like what's happening. Like what Dave was saying maybe isn't set up the best in the movie because it's political. So Beowulf and his Vikings show up to help this smaller kingdom and they've already established a reputation of being a good team so they must have had successful campaigns before they got there right as explorers and conquerors then the the local prince is worried he's going to lose his kingdom to the to the beowulf because he's a better he's better at what he does but he has a couple goons and so one of the goons that dave was describing that still fought with honor but got killed in the contest was to show the rival not to mess with this team that has come here because it's not about the fiefdom or whatever it's literally about the mission but if he he should assume at that point that every single one every member of the 13th warriors could decimate or dominate the prince's goons you know um not my favorite bit my favorite bit is when well i guess i have three favorite moments i like when they're consulting their witch woman about like who's got to go on this and why is it important? And they establish that some of their beliefs are superstitious, but they, but they go along with it anyway. Right. Cause they even mentioned like the boy was standing on the boat at one, at one point there's a messenger sent 
to ask them to go on the quest in the first place while they're having breakfast or whatever. And they just, they, it, it, it seems like they had just accomplished another mission and they're like taking a break. And then one of their leaders had died. So they have a funeral. And so they're kind of in mourning, but then a kid shows up as a messenger and he says like, Oh, they're giving you time to see him to, to determine whether or not you believe he's real. And then his boat is real. And then he's really here asking you something. I'm like, Oh, what an interesting thing to, to have us pay attention to. And then later on, they take the time to explore their myths because they're like, oh, yeah, these are monstrous creatures. They come with the mist. They're here all the time. So that is like critical, like story layering because they told us that. So when they reveal that, like, oh, they're just people, it's almost more scary. Like, they're not monsters. They're doing monstrous mm. things, but they're just people. So that's <laughs> not bears. That's, that's the second part I like. And then the third part is obviously this thing. I have the. I wrote the prayer down in our chat so I could read it to the audience. I was thinking about doing it in an accent, but not a Viking accent because I don't think I could pull it off. But I'll try it. So, lo, there do I see my father. Lo, there do I see my mother, my sisters and my brothers. Lo, there do I see the line of my people back to the beginning. Lo, there do they call to me. They bid me take my place in Asgard in the halls of Valhalla, where the brave may live forever. That's the best way I can read it. Totally insincere because it's so sincere that if I don't do it justice, it would terrify me. Anyway, it's the Viking prayer that you hear in the movie, which is like towards the end. Uh, spoiler alert. This is like the second or third or fifth one because I think we're all spoiling the movie at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bolvi, Beowulf, is poisoned because... And I got to think about a quote from Game of Thrones here. In Game of Thrones, they go, a woman's weapon is poison. That's who killed Joffrey. <laughs> like, the, the cannibal queen is sitting there stirring a bowl of various poisons. And you see, like, all these see reptiles and snakes. And, like, she clearly knows her business with all these little herbs. And uh, she's just rolling this little claw inside the bowl. She's like, oh, you're here to try to kill me? All right, let's go. And she's, <laughs> she takes a claw out of the bowl. And she gets an early strike in and... It's a slow-moving poison, I guess, for dramatic purposes because he gets all the way back to the fiefdom and is there for the final battle. And then that's when he gives the speech. Mm-hmm. Gave me chills when he came out, like, just limping with his sword like, right behind his sword. him. I was like, let's yeah. go! The dog's trailing behind him. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be good. But then he gets his throne. I mean, he sits down to die after he, he wins. Wins the battle. Um, ratings... I feel like after talking with you guys, it can be a binge now for me. Wow. So, did we win you over nice. in argumentation? <laughs> like, like Again, you pushed for a rating? the second time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I first was like, okay, this might be like a binge never. And then uh, as soon as we got into the cave, I was like, okay, I'm loving where we're headed with this. The mm. ending was excellent. And then you guys reminded me of some good bits that I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, this was a good movie. <laughs> I really like this. What about you, Dave? Um, I'm still going to say, I'm going to say binge later. Um, I did actually really like this movie. Um, it took me 23 years to see it, I think. Um, I mean, I'm not disappointed, but it's not anything like, I'm not going to go out and say, everybody, you got to watch this. I mean, if you've, if you waited 23 years, what's another five or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but having said that, I really did enjoy it, but it's a binge later. John. I mean, this is why it didn't do well at the theaters because you're just telling people to pass it for something else. It's your fault. Well, man. I mean, again, it came out against the Sixth Sense. If you ask, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you, go watch Sixth Sense over this if you've never seen a movie or these two movies. Wow. 
Anyway, it's a binge now for me, and if five people want a copy of it, we'll give you a Voodoo gift card if you go review our podcast and say, like, I heard the 13th episode, or 13th Warrior episode, and I like the movie. Tell us why you like the movie. Leave us a review. Because Jordan, what? What do we like to do? Review, review. <laughs> I think, that, isn't oh, this episode going to drop on the 13th? Isn't that, like, is that synergy? I, is that true? No, this drops in, like, a couple days. Is that right? Yeah, which would be the 13th. Is, it's the 11th today. <laughs> I wasn't trying to give you a brain. Teaser. I don't know. I'm not doing math. Where this if it's released on I'm this coming, if it's released on this coming Wednesday, it will be the 13th. I straight up thought yeah. you froze right there. Like it oh, was. Really? I'm really good at yeah, that. Like, I was like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just so still. Jeez. <laughs> okay. For real, though, you're freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, what I just did, folks, is I froze to make her think I was frozen on the screen while we're live streaming, but I wasn't. But what I've been practicing, and this is dumb, if I ever get cast as a dead body, I got you. <laughs> I can hold it for a minute. Just give them the well, part. Um, you got any staff so, picks there, Jordan? Wait a minute. So that's a oh. double binge now, right? Yeah. Double binge now? I suppose so. Well, there you go, David. Uh. Uh, do we have time for staff picks? We've been here almost an hour, maybe. Man, I didn't watch anything, so in case we're about to dive into it. You know what, though? You can scratch a classic movie off your list because this qualifies as like something you have to get around to. There you go. David, is there was something it, that you're just dying to, I, to tell us about? Was I literally the only one that like binged how to build a sex room all weekend? <laughs> how to do what? Interesting. You haven't seen this on Netflix, How to Build a Sex Room? Wow. Tell me more. You know what's lining up it's, in your It's queue. basically your average HGTV show <laughs> with like a, a designer and a contractor. But instead of building just a dream home, they build people's sex rooms. Hmm. So like they usually, it's actually, the funny thing is, is like it sounds dirty. And of course it is because, you know, they are building sex dungeons. But like, it's really endearing to see like the couples and like how they're like, a lot of them are doing it to reconnect and stuff. So, like, there is a weird romantic angle where you're like, oh, this show about people building these horny rooms. Do you do you remember really watching uh, that movie Burn After Reading where George Clooney is cheating on his wife? <laughs> yes. I so, okay. So, George Clooney is building her this elaborate birthday present in the basement, and you don't know what it is for, like, half the movie. And then you see what it is, and he's basically built her an exercise sex toy. Like a right? Sibian before Sibians. Or yeah, that's what it looks like. People know what like those are. famous Sibian <laughs> toy. Anyway... But he doesn't. He reveals it to his the. To, he reveals it to his lover, who he's cheating on his wife with. Going like, "Do you think my wife is gonna like this? Oh yeah, she's gonna love it." It's like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah. Cohen's brothers way to do it to us in another movie." Um, but you don't expect that kind of reveal, right? Because there's there's no yeah. indication that it's gonna go in this direction. And then he just steps away, and there it is. And you're like, "Oh, okay, all right, that's where the movie's going." <laughs> that's what you made that's me think of, movie, David. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. Surprise! It's a sex dungeon. No, but, but seriously, it's on it's on Netflix, and and the the designer is like an old, great, short, great haired British lady, very unassuming, and it's just she's kind of, tapped so much ass, David. You don't even oh, know. Oh yeah, she's, she has. <laughs> yeah, she has. No, it's actually it's funny. It's, Not because it's, of Netflix, she's got a whole bunch of new followers. She's a Probably. she's a lady with the sheetrock, but she's yeah. I don't know where I was going with that freaking the sheets. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you guys it sounded better in my brain. One, just watch one episode. It's on Netflix. I think it finally hit like the top ten, but it's I don't like HGTV shows. But you know, you tell me we're gonna build a sex dungeon. You got my attention. 
It's like my favorite channel, so I cannot wait to watch. John, what about you? Anything of substance? (laughs) I don't know know if you can also top that. So, oh, wild episode. Uh, what did I watch? Man, what did I watch? Hmm. Did you watch the bear again? (laughs) No. Told more people about it. I told a bunch of people about it, and I still haven't even seen it. <laughs> I, I mean, I watch like three things a night, and I don't obviously don't obviously because well, the cream rises to the top. Not everything I watch. Have I texted you guys about week, anything but... lately? I don't know. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. So next week, come back because we're going to watch the 2018 Swedish fantasy movie called Border. It's on Hulu oh. right now. If you rush to Hulu, you get a chance to watch that. It's worth it. In fact, I suggest anybody who wants to it's, watch it to keep up with the show, don't read about it. Just pit play. It's well, so good. it's like it fits into like magical realism or a modern fairy tale that's dark, dramatic, and also still has a morality lesson, which the old fairy tales, they were dark, but they still had a lesson to teach you. Right. So anyway. I can't wait to hear Jordan's interpretation of Border. Yeah, like again, Jordan, if you don't know what the hell this movie is, don't read about it. Just hit play. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't even read the synopsis. Just hit play and just let... Because that's how I watched it. I had no idea what I was in for, and this was a few years ago, and I, I did not walk away disappointed. Well, I'm But maybe watch it alone, because there could be some awkward screen grabs. Yeah, that's fair. Don't... Uh, unless you're watching with somebody who... Doesn't mind weirdness. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Only type of people I hang out with. So. Mm. So in between building your sex dungeon, go watch Border and come back for next <laughs> week's podcast. David, this is the one they're going to remember you for. The sex du- just because I commented on sex dungeons. All right. Dungeons, Dave. Well, so hey, we talked about dungeons now. and dragons, <laughs> and then I brought up sex dungeons. This is just a dungeon filled episode. It really is. Oh, we're getting that magic E label on iTunes for sure for this one. I know we at least let two F words slide, maybe even three. I don't know. It's not that. It's all your sex dungeon talk <laughs> with instructions. I'm using clinical terms, sex dungeons. Oh, yeah. Dildos. We're medical experts. These are all clinical <laughs> terms. We're qualified. We have a podcast. Just like that TV show, Ancient Aliens. Ancient Dungeons with David. We teach you all about it. Yeah. If those guys qualify as, like, a- alien experts, I guess I'm a sexologist. I don't know. Jordan's imagination is one and wild. Man. <laughs> I'm just like the journey we've taken in the last 50 minutes. We've done it wow. all, haven't we? Ancient wild. aliens. Wild. Sex dungeons. All the things. I feel like aliens kind of naturally lead to sex That's dungeons. That's a great title, though. Ancient aliens, sex dungeons, and the 13th warrior. <laughs> That's a great title for a Dude, it's going to be like our number one listen to episode of the year. Doesn't Nobody even finishes it. They're like, wait a minute. I was promised something I didn't get. <laughs> Oh well, diagrams are the numbers, I guess. (laughs) Download it. I don't care if you listen to it, just download it. No, I do want you to listen to it. Uh, 
I'm this getting lightheaded. Why, this is why I do not work <laughs> in the promotions department. 